Hey, my name's David. My name's Tyler. We're the Shapiros, and this is Double Overtime. All right, welcome back to another episode here at Double Overtime, presented by Shaft Sports. I got my co-host with me again, Tyler. How's it going, Ty? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, so David here. Uh, we have Nick with us as well. You guys remember Nick? How's it going, Nick? It's going good. It's going good. He's always got that it's going good. He was never good at grammar. You know, he should be saying it's going well, but that's okay. Um, we have some exciting stuff going on. Uh, for those of you that have been following, uh, me and Tyler have been working on getting our brand going, Shap Sports, um, and, and having our show Double Overtime being presented by Shap Sports, as you just heard. Um, and speaking of having a show presented by Shap Sports, uh, Nick here is going to be having his own show uh, very soon. That should be coming out here within the next couple weeks. And that's going to be called Three and Deep, presented by Nick and uh, another another one of his buddies that we'll get on here soon for you guys to meet before he uh, he takes over. But go ahead and tell the viewers what you'll be talking about, Nick. Yeah, so on Three and Deep, uh, I was lucky to get this opportunity with David and Ty and Shaft Sports and their brand. And uh, Three and Deep is going to be basically a summary of the NBA, the MLB, you know, college basketball, college baseball, just kind of all things in those two realms. Um, I was fortunate enough to have played both sports, both with David and Tyler, um, and was able to play baseball collegiately too. So, um, those are my two, I would say topics that are my forte that I've, you know, can relate to a little bit more. So I'm really excited to get that going. Ty, David, thank you for allowing me an opportunity to, uh, have a voice and hopefully bring some entertainment to Shep Sports. Yeah, thank you hey, for doing a, it. You've done a great job so far, and um, you definitely uh, know your know your shit. So we're excited to have you on, and you know, continue to do big things with Chef Sports and our brand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's go ahead and get started with the show. Before we do that, give us a follow on Twitter at the double underscore ot. Also on Apple Podcasts, uh, search Double Overtime. Give us a, a subscription. Uh, let us know what you think, and then also on Facebook. Now, go ahead and uh, follow us in our our page. Just search uh, Shap Sports. And uh, we'll have we'll have some information on double overtime there, um, as well as Nick's show once that gets released, uh, three and deep. So go ahead and give us the follow on Facebook as well. Let's start in with the NBA Finals, Ty. Um, any chance the Cavs win this series? No, there's there's no way, man. The Cavs are they just don't have enough, man. Like, where is J.R. Smith? Where is Tristan Thompson? Where is George Hill? George Hill had a good first half last game, but. They just don't have enough. Where's Kevin Love? Like, LeBron James gets people open all day. They're double-teaming him. They're getting wide-open threes, and they're just missing. I mean, there's nothing LeBron James can do. I mean, the game one, he, he, he did everything he could, and J.R. Smith isn't mentally prepared. George Hill can't make his, a second free throw. There's just no chance. Now, I don't think they get swept. I think they will win one. I think they'll win game four. Um, I think they lose game three, but I think they will win game four. But, no, there's no way they can win this series. Now, let me ask both of you, Nick and Tyler, what's more likely to happen? The Cavs complete a comeback or the Cavs get swept? Personally, I think that the Cavs will get swept. Um, I mean, with what happened in Game 1 with the whole J.R. Smith 
for lack of a better term, controversy or the play. Cleveland just looks so dejected. LeBron James, it, it looks like he's kind of almost given up. Uh, video actually was released of the whole uh, interaction between Ty Lue and LeBron after uh, the end of regulation in game one. And once he heard that they had a timeout, I mean, you just see his face and the look he had, he just almost looked like he gave up. Um, and attitude in basketball goes a long way. And if you have a piss poor attitude and defeated mentally, you're not going to be able to play. And that showed in overtime. I mean, the Warriors came out and just ran all over them. And it wasn't, it almost wasn't even fun to watch because you knew. The one thing I had, uh, I had a problem with, I had a problem with LeBron during that, um, during when they were going into overtime. Like, like you mentioned, there was no leadership. Everyone was sulking. Everyone was looking at pointing fingers at one another. I would have liked to see LeBron James get in the huddle and say, "Listen, guys, we're we're in overtime. Let's get it going. Let's let's forget about it." No, what did he do? He was just looked just absolutely frustrated. Obviously, but. I would have wished there was some leadership, but we all knew as soon as the overtime started, there was no way Cleveland was winning that game. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're and th- that was kind of their chance. You know, to nobody thought. You know, from the get go. I mean, they in Vegas. You know, the Warriors opened as like the biggest favorites. I think in like NBA Finals history or, or in a long, long, long time. This is by far the biggest uh, underdog that LeBron has been in a Finals, even when he faced uh, the Spurs. You know, early in his days. And for them to come out game one and, you know, play the game they did, you know, they played great defense until overtime. Um, you know, LeBron was obviously getting his, and they kind of let it slip away. You know, I, you know, can you blame it all on J.R. Smith? Probably not. You know, like you mentioned, Tyler, George Hill missed a free throw. He's, he's a guard. You know, he's a good free throw shooter. He's got to sink that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that game is going to kind of define this series. Um, and I agree with Nick. I think that I think the Cavs are going to get swept. I know they are eight and one, I believe now at home. The Cavs, um, and obviously they'll be coming back home for games three and four. But uh, they haven't faced they haven't faced anyone like the Warriors at Quicken Zone Arena. So I think it's a sweep. I think I'm the only, um, and I I agree with you guys. I think it's more like a first sweep than a a comeback. But I think I'm the only one who is actually not. I'm not upset with J.R. Smith. Uh, listen. Magic Johnson did the exact same thing in the NBA Finals. He forgot to score, and he was dribbling the ball out. It happens. Listen, I'm not. I, I don't. I, I'm not upset with Jared Smith. Jared Smith is not the reason why they lost that game. I'm upset with George Hill. Make a goddamn free throw. Yeah. You're a career mm-hmm. 80% free throw shooter. You made the first one, which is the hardest one to get out of the way, and you just you short armed the second one. If he made that free throw, the Cavs are up one with like four seconds left. Now I get. The, the Golden State Warriors have a really good chance of hitting a buzzer beater. I get that. But if you make the free throw, J.R. Smith is out in that position. And literally, there was no defenders. It's a free throw. Make the damn free throw. Yeah, I mean, you have to give some credit to J.R. Smith. I mean, he grabbed an offensive rebound. Um, Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, what happened after isn't what you would have wanted to happen. But you said it. I mean, it happened to Magic. We all remember Chris, Chris Weber at Michigan, uh, you know, the Fab Five, calling the timeout late in that game, getting a technical Look, it, it happens. Um, there's there's a lot of heat in the moment. There's a lot of you know pressure that goes on, and and sometimes your mind goes away from it. Um, and you know, J.R. Smith may have been high and drinking henny, so we have no idea what <laughs> was going through his mind. But yeah, you can't you can't blame it all on one possession. Yeah, and I mean the last two minutes, I, I agree with you, Ty. You can't blame J.R. Smith. He did what he did, and I mean I'm gonna piggyback on both your points. J- George Hill missed the free throw, but the last two minutes watching that was 
it was back and forth every possession. So it was kind of a cluster. And even me watching the game, I had to keep checking the score. Like, okay, they're down one, they're down two, you know, they're down three. And, you know, there were a couple of things in my mind that changed the game was one, I think changing LeBron's, that LeBron call to a block, I think the referees did a good job. Obviously it's a tough call to change, especially the timing and the, you know, that was a block. Heat. That was a it good call. definitely was a good call. Yeah, it was I, a block. I agree. I think that was a great call. I'm glad you brought that up. And we didn't even, we haven't even talked about that yet. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, I thought that was the right call. Now, again, should they should they have reviewed it? I, no, because he clearly was not in the uh, in the circle. But I think it was a block. I think they got it right eventually. See, you know, the thing that kind of irritates me about the NBA is if that play happened at two minutes and one second it wouldn't be reviewable, but if it happened at 1 minute and 59 seconds, it would be. So, like, what's the difference in those two seconds that makes that play important? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think about, like, a coach's challenge? I know that they're actually going to experiment with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was brought yeah. up today. Yeah, what do you no, guys think in, about that? The, yeah, I, I think, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's about time, honestly. Um, there's so many times. I mean, all series long, in game for game one and game two, there's been missed calls after missed calls after missed calls after missed calls. There's got to be something like whether you, you know, like you said, David, whether they just allow you to replay regardless of the time of the uh, of the game. It would just take you, too long, yeah. Yeah, it would. It's tough. But, like, but we want we want it right. Like, right. I understand it can take longer, but we want it right, and they need to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree too. I think there should be, and I'm excited for that because. I mean, having coached, you, you know, like you said, Ty, you referees miss calls. I mean, they're human. Some calls you don't see, some calls you're not in position for, or sometimes it's the wrong call. And I think especially it's crucial in that fourth quarter that, you know, if it is a close game, you know, even if it happens, like David said, two minutes and one second out, you'll be able to have that because two minutes in a basketball game isn't a lot of time. Uh, I mean, it still is, but it's not as much as you would think in terms of possession, total, like, possessions. And, I, I mean, bringing that over, I think, will help the NBA. I mean, it might delay the game a little bit more, especially those last two minutes last, as a, as a viewer, last for 20 minutes. Yeah, they do. But I think that's ultimately what needs to happen because now the refs were able to make that call and realize, hey, you know what? We got it wrong. LeBron's feet were sliding. He wasn't squared up to the defender. He just kind of threw his body in there. It's a block. And that's that was one of those key plays in the end of the game that, you know, going back to my point, it wasn't Jr.'s fault, but that was a key pay, uh, key play. And I think if they bring the challenges over, I think they will, the league will it, benefit. It, is it only is it only me? But did game one? And again, now it's a little. It may not sound as as well as it, it would have been if we did this before game two. But is it me that Kevin Durant looks a little pedestrian now? Game two, he played well, but game one. It looked like he was scared of LeBron James. Was that the only? Did I only feel that, or did you guys think the same thing? No, I mean, KD didn't have a good game, but we kind of we saw a little bit of that in the Rocket series too. What I think it is, Ty, is there's so many scorers on that Warriors team. You know, one night it could be Clay that gets forty. One night it could be Steph. One night it could be KD. That you know, if you're not in your rhythm and somebody else is in that rhythm, then you know it, it makes it tough because there you were right. I mean, there was times where. KD seemed hesitant, um, a little, you know, not necessarily scared, but he didn't seem as aggressive as normal. Um, and then obviously game two, super efficient. Yeah. And and my view after game one, and I was thinking about this, David, when we talked about who's a better scorer, LeBron or KD and uh, you know, it is what it is, but it looks so clear that LeBron James is just 
overall the best player by far. It wasn't even close between one and two. And I said that, Ty. One. I said that gap is huge. Yeah, after game one, you, you're not lying. I mean, it was clear as day. Now, now, game two, we looked a little better. but Now let me ask yeah, you with how, how dominant LeBron has been, should LeBron and can LeBron be the MVP if they lose this series? Nick, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, no. Um, I don't think he should be. He is a fantastic player. He is. I've said this last couple weeks, um, listening to you guys talk about and everybody talk about, because whenever LeBron's in the finals, everybody likes to bring up LeBron versus Mike. You know, LeBron's in his eighth straight finals appearance and blah, 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 and I frankly don't give a shit. Um, LeBron is the best player of our era, hands down. There's no debate. Should he win MVP this year? No. I think well, I'm two, saying finals MVP. Oh, finals MVP? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Steph Curry, what he did yesterday and what he did in game one is is the MVP. Steph Curry is playing like he played in the very first finals, um, in the last finals. He's consistently good in the playoffs. Um, well, I think that's kind of always been the knock on him is that he hasn't been consistently good in the playoffs. Right, Ty? No, no I mean, I would piggyback off, off Nick. I think Golden State wins this in four or five or whatever, and Steph Curry broke the finals record for most threes in a game with nine being at round. I think he's already locked it, to be honest with you, unless he just completely falls off. But he's in a groove. He has that swagger back. He's lucky. I mean, he, he's very lucky he's not playing the Houston Rockets. He, they, they were able to defend him very well. And on top of it, and this is the one thing we talked about, David, on, on a couple shows ago, the reason why the Houston Rockets gave them fits and, and issues uh, is because they attacked Steph Curry on the offense. Relentlessly. Yep. There's no one at Cleveland that can attack him offensively. That Besides that, LeBron. And, besides, and, and they can, and they can double on him. But LeBron ain't, LeBron's not attacking because LeBron's Steph Curry's not guarding LeBron. Yeah, but right? they're doing a lot of they're doing a lot of what Houston did in, in screening his man to try to get him switched on him. Um, or if it's like Kevon Looney or Jordan Bell, whoever it is. But let me, I guess... You know, let me just kind of rephrase the question to make it seem more realistic. Say the Cavs push this to six games. You know, they win two, they lose four. LeBron averages, you know, 35, a triple-double with 35 points, and they lose the series. Is he the MVP of the series? No. No way. It's happened once. It has happened once. Okay. Jerry West. No, there's no way, man. There's no way. I don't see it ever happening. They would need to win, obviously. So if not, Um, you guys both are picking Steph? Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I'm thinking Steph. Yeah, Steph. Yeah, as of now, I think Steph. He locked it. Yeah, that's who I would yeah. pick as of now too, because he was locked. He was dialed in last game. He made that one shot over Kevin Love, and then he had that nice and one in the corner where he relocated. And I don't think people recognize that. Which wasn't a foul, by the way, but that is what it is. No, <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I looked at it, and I mean, he kicked his foot out and sold it a little bit. But um, I think what Steph Curry does a great job of, and even Clay too is they relocate after they pass the ball. I mean, yeah. Steph Curry dribbles the ball a ton to try to get open, but what he does off the ball is why he's probably the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. And there's no way, I mean, there's no way any team, let alone the Cavaliers, when when a hurt Clay Thompson is getting 20, Kevin Durant's getting his 20-plus, Steph Curry's draining threes from half court, there's no way... If they're that, if they're playing that well, there's no way any team can beat them. Now, in Game One, they didn't do that. Kevin Durant looked pedestrian. You know, Steph did his thing, but when they're all clicking, there's literally no way anyone will beat that team. They're Look, just too dominant. I do want to say that while the Warriors are clearly the better team, the Cavaliers have missed a lot of open shots. I saw a stat yep. actually. 
um, during the regular season off of um, catch and shoots from LeBron James, the Cavaliers shot 45% on catch and shoot threes on like open looks, like open looks. And in the in the NBA Finals so far, they're shooting 26% on those same looks. Like wide open threes, you know? You can't shoot 26% against any team and expect to, to win. Yeah, LeBron James, like, again, that's in my initial point when we talked about this topic. LeBron James needs guys to make shots, whether it's Kyle Korver. And first off, before I go further, Jordan Clarkson is a fucking bum. He's a bum. The guy shoots the ball every time he touches the basketball, and he can't make shit. He needs to sit his ass on the bench. <laughs> Look, the Cavs blew it with the Kyrie trade. I'm, I mean, I don't want to get into that anymore, but that's the result of the Kyrie trade. Um, another stat I saw about LeBron, so listen to this one, Ty. You'll like this. So there's been 25 postseason games with a player scoring 40 points with 8 assists, 8 rebounds, and shooting 50-plus percent from the field. Michael Jordan did it four times. LeBron did it nine times. Nobody else did it more than once. LeBron has done it five times this postseason. 20% of the times that has happened in NBA history, LeBron has done it this season. That's crazy, dude. He's so dominant. Can you I mean, do you imagine so that? Dominant. 40 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and shooting 50% from the field. He's so dominant, dude. It's so unfair. It's if, amazing, dude. If you, you can guess some well. of the players on that list, either of you? I would assume Larry Bird maybe is one of them. Larry was not on the list. Wow. I would assume but, Larry. Uh, no, Magic definitely not. Magic wasn't scoring forty. AI, no, made, no, AI wasn't good. AI, AI wasn't grabbing boards. AI? No, he AI wasn't. Not, he was not on, he's not shooting fifty percent either. And this oh, is in okay. the finals, right? No, in the postseason. Oh, in the postseason. There um, was, like Will, I said, only two players have done it more than once, and it was LeBron was and MJ. Will, was Wilt one of them? No, but the most surprising person that was on that list was Shaq for me. Wow. Yeah, Shaq was on the, the other list. Ones? Man, there was a bunch. Um, there are a couple randoms, but like the people that you like, Kobe wasn't on that list. Oscar Robertson wasn't on that list. Wilt wasn't on that list. Like, there's a lot of good players that weren't on that list. Um, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'd have to double check that for the next time. But Shaq was the first one that popped into my head when they said it. I was like, really? But yeah, uh, let's stick with the NBA. But let's not talk about the finals anymore. I want to go move a little bit. Uh, looking forward to the draft with that coming up. You know, here in, in a couple weeks. Is Don is Luka Doncic a lock for the top three anymore? I'm sure you know everyone's heard about the the rumors with him about first of all he doesn't know if he's going to come over, um, and second of all the teams picking behind Phoenix don't know that they want Luka. Ty, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna take this one first. Um, what Luka is doing, in my honest opinion, is saying, look, if I'm not taking number one, which I said on the last show I was on when we were talking about the NBA draft, is I think he should be taken number one, in my opinion. But um, what he's saying is he doesn't want to play for the Kings, in my opinion. I know Divock's in the front office and he's making calling all the shots, but if I'm Luca, why would I want to go be paired up in Sacramento, which is a the worst organization? It's terrible. In sports. It's terrible. They haven't been good since the days with Peja and Vlade Bibby. and Bibby, you know, or White Chocolate. Um, I just don't think he wants to play for Sacramento, and I think that's why he's saying that. So that way, maybe Sacramento second guesses and passes up on him. Maybe Philly, or not Philly, uh, sorry, Phoenix pulls the trigger on him. But what I'm concerned about, I know this is kind of going off the whole Doncic, Doncic topic, but with that number one pick, I know uh, they were talking about that it's on the table. I don't know about that. But, I mean, 
there also have been talks. Now, my thought is, and I don't know if this is how true this is, but I'm sure you guys have seen on Twitter with Carl Anthony and Devin Booker and, you know. All the Kentucky guys, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think it's possible that Phoenix packages a deal with that number one and maybe, you know, a Josh Jackson and a Marquise Chris for Carl Anthony Towns? Do you think that is possible, or do you think that... I mean, I think it's possible. I know that there's a lot of tension in Minnesota, first of all, with Carl Anthony Towns and Tom Thibodeau. Now, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm getting rid of Thibodeau before I get rid of Cat. But Thibodeau's difficult the shots. Well, it's difficult because he also just came there. True. You know, this is his first year there. Um, like you said, he's not just the coach. He's like in a similar role that Van Gundy was in 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 uh, Detroit, he's like the president of basketball operations. It's tough. You know, Cat is, in my opinion, a like once-in-a-generational type of player. Like, you're starting a franchise today. He's a top-three pick. Um, but that's tough. I mean, if you can if you can get a Josh Jackson, who's, like, 19, a top-three top pick, top-four pick last year. Um, Marquise Chris, who has potential. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure he's in the right situation in Phoenix. And then again, the f- number one overall pick. Go get yourself a DeAndre Ayton to replace. That's, you know that's Anthony. that's that's tough. You know now you're kind of putting your franchise in the hands of Andrew Wiggins in a sense. Well, Jimmy. Well, yeah, but Jimmy's well, almost thirty. You know, Wiggins is still twenty three, twenty four. I don't think the Phoenix Suns are going to do that. I don't think that's enough, Carl Anthony Towns, for all that. There's no way. You don't think it's enough for the Suns or for the Timberwolves? For the Suns, I don't think the Suns are going to get rid of their. Their first round pick last year, Josh Jackson, I think has a ton of potential, right? And give up the first overall pick, and give up, you know, Marquise Chris or you know some other player. Now, I don't think that's enough for Carlton Towns. Carlton Towns, I don't think is. Now, again, I understand you'll have you'll have Devin Booker, who we're obviously all high on, but to be honest with you, I don't think Carlton Towns is a guy that's going to win you a championship. You need other pieces, you know. There, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, he he didn't perform very well in the playoffs. No, he did not. Right? Um, yeah. But, I don't think giving up. I, I think the first overall pick, and I'm starting to agree with uh, Nick on this one. I hate to say it, but I think Luka Doncic <laughs> goes number one overall. I don't. You know, I don't. Pair him up with the coach. I mean, it, the writing's all on the wall there. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't go first overall, he'd be stupid not to go to the NBA. That's all I'm saying. I understand you don't want to pay with, play with the Kings. You see, but... it's, it's kind of tough because you know I think I think DeAndre Ayton's the best player in the draft. Like I think Doncic is a beast. But as far as like NBA ready right now, and you know how it goes in the NBA, a, a lot of early picks are big men that have you know this potential. Um, and Aiden's good now, and he has potential. It's just tough though because Phoenix has a lot of big men that they drafted in recent years that just haven't panned out. But they're still with them, you know. They have Alex Len still, like Nick mentioned. They have Marquise Chris. Um, they have Dragon Bender. You know, they have big men. Um, but I don't think any of those guys can nearly be as good as DeAndre Ayton can be in this league. Now, do you go and pair Luka Doncic with a guy like Devin Booker, where we've seen in this exactly league, you know, Booker it's a lot needs, of two yeah. guards, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's uh, tough, think, it's tough. I think Devin Booker needs a guy like Luka Doncic, right, who, you know, again, I think the only knock on him right now is his, his athleticism, but I kind of compare him to like a Gordon Hayward, and if you add like a Gordon Hayward type player with Devin Booker, right, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, Devin Booker can get buckets. And the problem is, is he's all by himself, so he's shooting 30, 40 times a game, right? And he's putting up big numbers. But I think if he gets a guy... Now, again, I, I get your end on, on DeAndre Ayton, 
But DeAndre Ayton's going to come in and be more of that defensive guy, rebound. He's not going to initially. I don't think he's going to be much of a scorer, which is what Phoenix needs. Um, but they're but also not. They're also not contending for a championship no, or even the right. playoffs you're next right. year. No, you're right. You are right on that. True. I think. I mean, I'm really See, high on Ayton too, as well as Doncic. And I mean, personally, I think they're better fits with Doncic with the Suns rather than Ayton because. Like you said, Ty, is that you can pair up Doncic with Devin Booker and kind of take, you know, Doncic can take that pressure off of Booker so Booker can almost flourish and even improve even more. And the same thing with Aiton in Sacramento. He'll have that fast point guard in De'Aaron Fox. He'll have a guy on the perimeter, Buddy Heald. Um, he'll have guys to kind of flourish in that. I think if Aiton goes to Phoenix... He almost gets buried, and you know, I mean, no, we've seen no, it in no. bigs. We've seen now. So this is the thing, though, with Phoenix and any team that's picking like top three, top five, really top seven. Look, this isn't. This is a three to five year plan for this team, and especially the Phoenix Suns. You now, you go get a guy like DeAndre Ayton. You know, is he NBA ready? Yes. Is he going to be peaking his rookie season? Of course not. Now, you give him three years to really get used to the game. Um, you get you get Devin Booker. You know, more experience playing with him, um, being that true superstar. And now next year, you go draft your point guard. And now in two years, you know, you have something to look forward to. You know, you have that point guard, you have Devin Booker, you have Jackson, and now you have Aiton. Um, And maybe some of these guys like Marquise Chris uh, pans out. You know, Dragon Bender becomes your, your first big man off the bench. Look, the thing is, is you have to realize that big men take longer to develop, where you can get a point guard or a shooting guard that's ready to play right away. I mean, look at Jason Tatum. Look at Donovan Mitchell. When you look at people that win Rookie of the Year or that are on the All-NBA First team for rookies, it's not big men. You know what I'm saying, Ty? It's a lot of wings, a lot of guards. These guys are ready. Where those are developmental prospects in DeAndre Ayton. Now you go get him now, let him develop for three years, get someone that can play the point guard in next year or in two years. They're not competing with the Warriors next year. They're not competing with the Rockets next year. There's a lot of teams they're not competing with. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I don't think there's, you know, the Suns need 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 players. I mean, regardless if you get to take a guy like Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayn. Now, I will say, being you know, being a Bulls fan, if uh, Luka Doncic falls after two, three, going to that four, five, six range, I want the Bulls to fucking get him. No. You know, move up and get him. I, I think he would be a perfect fit for him and, and Lowry would be a perfect pick and roll guy, pick and pop guy. We need we need playmakers. We need guys that can get people buckets, get people into get get in the paint, make people better. And obviously, everyone around Larry Marketing needs to be the ability to shoot the basketball and get to the paint and get him open looks. That's what it's about. We need playmakers because Zach Levine is not a playmaker. He's a guy who wants to shoot the ball every time he touches the basketball, right? I mean, this is not. He's trying to prove to himself that he's a superstar, but he's not. We need guys that can make Larry better. And that's we need a, like a Luka Doncic type player, in my I'm- opinion. I don't think Doncic falls to seven. I, if he does, holy cow, we just got a blessing. Well, no, I'm not saying. No, he's, you're I'm saying, saying like saying trade up to four up. once he yeah, falls out. Yeah. Him. Yes. Uh, see, I disagree because I still think. I mean, I, I'm. I'm really now, high Nick. On let Mike me Porter ask you: Jr. Would you rather have? We just. I don't think we're getting Michael Porter Jr. Would you rather have a Luka Doncic and give up? You know, the seventh pick plus whatever. You know, I'm sure I'm not. Probably we're like probably not giving Portis. up another first rounder, but whatever it is, would you rather have that? or Wendell Carter. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, Wendell Carter is going to be a good player, but I think Doncic has, like, superstar potential. Yeah, we need, we, exactly. We need guys that, again, who knows if he pans out, but we need guys that can be... Ty, Nick is getting superstars. antsy over here. But, let, let this but man speak. you don't understand. It's not, 
If yes, I would rather have Doncic over Wendell Carter. Absolutely, I, Wendell Carter will be a great big in the league, and I think because of Bagley at Duke, playing with him kind of helped, but also hurt him because of how much star, uh, how much attraction there was to Bagley. But if obviously if we can draft Doncic over Wendell Carter, I'm going to say Doncic every single time. Now, Michael Porter Jr. That's that's it. That's it. If we get if Michael Porter Jr. is there at seven, we need to take him. We need to because I'm not I'm not necessarily sold on Michael Porter Jr. But dude, see, I'm, I'm here's the thing. In love with Bamba, dude. Here's did, the you, th- did you see his numbers? Bamba's in, not fall. Bamba's not falling out of the top five. No, he's gonna no, go. He's dude, gonna go four. You're, who's if Nick? If you think that's the case, who are you having out of the top five? There's gonna be a star that's dropping. Well, no well, it's it's I had. You know what, Ty? I can even tell you. Even man. if Doncic falls out, what? It's going to be Aiton, Bagley, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, and then that five maybe is Doncic or, you know, someone that in the, who? Porter, yeah. I mean, Porter, dude, yeah. Case, Porter's falling to seven if that's how you guys are falling it. Well, yeah, how do you so have I it have... going? Well, no, I, I'm, I'm saying I think I think Michael Porter's there at seven. I think that's the guy we want. And I'm to be honest with you, I think – Bamba's there at seven. Porter's there at seven. And again, no, Bamba's not. Bamba's not. Bamba's not. There. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I believe he will. And to be honest with you, I'm okay. To be honest with you, I'm okay if Porter's gone. Bamba's gone. I don't want Wendell Carter. You know who I want? It's gonna shock you guys. I want Trey Young. You know why? Oh, here we go. Because you're a douchebag. That's why. No, no, no. The reason why is because when we got the seventh overall pick, we missed our chance on the Luka Doncic, the Marvin Bagley, those guys. What is the one thing Trey Young can do? He can score the basketball. He has, I'm not saying he will, but he has the ability to shoot the basketball like a Steph Curry type player. That's what we need. David, you know this. We don't have guys that can score the basketball. We need guys to score. Now, I don't know if that's Trey Young, but I, I saw him in college. He can score the basketball, right? Ty, let me ask you this. So you're comparing him to he can he can be a Steph Curry, right? Yes or no? To shoot the basketball at a high level, yes. Okay. Now, Steph Curry played four years at Davidson and really didn't become a star until, what, three years ago, four years ago? Well, I, no, I wouldn't say but, that. But no. no, but here's my comparison. So, Steph Curry was a the, – the thing was when he got drafted by the Warriors in, what was that, 09, 08, 09? It was a while ago now. Was yeah. he can shoot, but he doesn't have the body. Now, Trey Young – same thing. Can shoot, does not have the body. Now, if we draft Trey Young, now I'm not going to say the Bulls are contenders in the next three years. Hopefully, too. But, anyways, Trey Young won't be a NBA-ready point guard where he's having successful seasons until that fifth, sixth year. No, but you got to realize, too, that Trey Young is playing against much better competition right now Nick, than Steph Curry was. was. I, if yeah, you, if anything, if I think he's me, playing into your point, Ty. No, yeah, my point if you, is... If you, tell me, if, you tell me, if you tell me it's going to take five years for Trey Young to be a Steph Curry... You'll I, take I, it, I right? Was kid, no, 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 no. I was, getting, you, I was getting to my point. Point is, why we wait five years? If we take... First of all, your point about... I, I'm so... Like, I, I'm mind-bottled right now. Right, because all your points are just—it's infuriating. Now, you see what it's like to do a show with Tyler. It's unbelievable. Every, twice a week. It's unbelievable. Terrible. Bamba's not falling out of the top five. I have. Yeah, he's my, not. He's Bamba's not. going to the latest he drops because his stock has risen so much. 
the latest he drops to, in my opinion, is five. If he doesn't get drafted by Memphis at four, yeah, he's going four. He'll get drafted by Dallas at five. Now he's a home. He's well, he's not a hometown kid, but he went to the University of Texas. Obviously, Dallas in Texas, perfect fit. Now, I think with the way the Magic draft, I think they'll end up taking like a Wendell Carter or a uh trey young to try to bring some attraction to their program and i was gonna say before What's you said attractive this, about wendell carter or no i'm saying trey young is okay. brings he will sell tickets but yeah, he will um your point and i was gonna make this point was i was watching espn the other day and Woj, who is very knowledgeable and whatever said that Trey Young was going to fall seven to the Bulls and the Bulls would take him at seven. I literally had to turn off the TV because I was so mad because I do not want Trey Young on the Bulls. And he said that they'll match him up with Chris Dunn because Chris Dunn's more of a defensive point guard and Trey yeah, Young's that I, playmaker. I agree with that. I agree with that. that Chris he's, Dunn's not going anywhere. But Chris Dunn's going to stay. Correct. And we gonna, wanted Chris Dunn when he we wanted to draft Chris Young. Chris yeah, Dunn. That's fine. But Chris Dunn, again, Chris Dunn, I agree, is a good. will be a good... I think if Chris Dunn works on the offense game, he'll be a solid two-way player. But what does Trey Young do to an offense or to a defense? Excuse me. Stretch. He's to right. Stretch but the floor exactly. What does that leave Laurie Marketing to do? Shoot threes. Right. Threes. Exactly. But my exactly. point is, if we have the option to take Michael Porter Jr., I don't want yes. anybody else. I, I don't agree. want anybody I, else because I, people were talking I about. I completely agree. People were talking about agree. Porter. Going even if I if the high school rules were the same as when LeBron was drafted, they were even talking about him being the number one overall last year. And I think his small stint at Mizzou, I mean, he showed some things. And I just think he's he should have been the number one. Like he would have been if he stayed healthy. In my opinion, he would have been the number one overall pick this year. Look, we can't predict what would have happened. Look, we can't predict what would have happened had anyone stayed healthy. But what I do know is that we have about a week, two weeks to talk about the draft. And I want to move on to the MLB before we, you know, we get too far into this. Um, we're definitely going to pick this back up. I, you know, I love talking about the draft, and it's coming up soon, so we'll get into it. Um, let's talk about the MLB, and before we really get going on that, let's give a little shout out to Big Cat, uh, Brent mm-hmm. Spillane, uh, f- uh, baseball player for the University of Illinois, first baseman, former Wheeling Wildcat. Um, he he was the National Player of the Year by a college baseball newspaper. Um, he's a finalist for you know the actual Golden Spikes Award. Um, he was a first-team All-American, and for anyone who hasn't seen his stats, I mean, look him up. The dude is about to like set a almost set an NCAA record for uh, OPS like all-time in college baseball. Uh, but yeah, look up Brent Spillane, uh, Wheeling Wheeling Wildcat product. Um, hey, but, we're hoping to get him on the show too. Yeah, we we are hoping we will hopefully get that on soon, and hopefully he gets drafted here. In the, uh, next, in the day next, or so. next day, probably so we'll tomorrow. See. Yeah, shout out Big Cat, man. He put up big big numbers, and you know we've been following him all year. And if you guys haven't heard the story or are familiar with him, you know Google it. They did a couple nice pieces on him, and you know followed his story. And you know it's it's really cool to see him develop. And you know David and I were fortunate enough to be there when he got called up yeah, to our varsity two years program, and nice we saw way. his very first home run at you know the varsity level, and. You know, it's just cool to see him have the numbers he has. He's, you know, I couldn't think of a more deserving kid, honestly. Yeah, no, for real, it's been been pretty cool to be able to play with someone, and then now they're the Division One baseball player of the year. It's pretty cool. Um, so in the MLB, we just passed uh, the like pretty much the one third mark of uh, the season. So I know we did this a while ago, pretty early into the season, uh, when Nick was on. I think the first time you were on, mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and let's give give me 
your guys' MVPs and Cy Youngs uh, in each league. I'll start with you, Nick. Um, so you want to start AL, NL? Just really give me your matter. AL uh, MVP and Cy Young. So my AL MVP, I know on the first show I said Manny, and I'm going to stick with Manny. Uh, Manny Machado, shortstop, Baltimore Orioles, still ha- putting up numbers. He's got an over 300 average. Um, he's top five home runs, top five RBIs, top pretty much top five in every hitting statistical category. Um, the only name I think you could argue other than Trout is Mookie, but I think he just got hurt. And he is put on, on the deal. Um, I think, you know, Manny just puts up numbers consistently. You've seen it throughout his career. Um, you know, I said on the last show, I think he gets moved to the Dodgers. I think that's a lie now. Um, I want to change that, and I think he stays in Baltimore, and I think he wins the MVP. What about your Cy Young? Uh, Cy Young. Um, I know on the last on, on the last show I said Garrett Cole. I'm gonna switch over to his teammate and Verlander. Uh, Verlander. Yeah. It's just he's he's doing it, and I don't. He's I think 36, 37 years old, like something older, and he's just still putting up one ERA and you know one WHIP and putting up big numbers, and it's it's cool to see you know that caliber of a picture pitcher excuse me in our lifetime yeah now for me in the al when i look at the mvp you know i was on the mookie train all all season but uh he's missed some games he's on on the uh designate he's on the dl right now that's disabled this excuse me um i'm going with mike trout you know he's he's on pace to have the the best war season win above replacement in mlb history um you know when you're doing that you know you're hitting 308 obp of 443 your ops is over 1100 um, I mean, he's leading the the league in home runs. He he does it all. Um, it's pretty hard to pick against Mike Trout. And then when I look at the Cy Young, I'm gonna actually go ahead and agree with you. Uh, Justin Verlander has been consistent all year, uh, consistently the best the best pitcher. And you know, you look at the stats that he has, and it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you. You know, the ERA, like you said, 1.24. That's incredible. Um, 100 and you know, he, he averages over 100 pitches a game. He goes deep into games. His whip's at .72. His war right now is 3.5. Um, the dude's a stud. You know, it's I think it's a pretty clear-cut choice for Justin Verlander. Who do you got, Ty? Yeah, I mean, you guys are talking about MVP. I mean, Dave, we talked about this last show. It's, it's got to be Mookie. I mean, we're talking about if the season ended today. I mean, there's no question Mookie Betts is the MVP. You know, 359. You know, OBS 437, he's slugging, you know, his slugging percentage is over 750. You know, obviously OPS over 1,000. I mean, he's just been a dominant player all season. I understand he's hurt, um, but if, it, if it's ended today and we had to choose, you got to go with Mookie Betts. And then I agree with you guys. And the last time we did this, I said Justin Berlander um, would be the Cy Young. He just doesn't age. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You, everything you guys said, I, I, I completely agree with. He's dominating. He just continues to do it. He's so he's so dominant on the mound. Um, and, man, it's, it's unbelievable what he's done since the trade to Houston last season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm going to carry things over to the NL. And, and for me, the MVP, the first person I picked when we did it was Freddie Freeman, and that's who I'm going to go ahead and stick with. Um, you know, the Braves, obviously, they're surprising a lot of people, still in first place. Uh, Freddie Freeman over here is having a great year. You know, 335, a 432 OBP. His OPS is just under a thousand. Um, he's a he's a world class defender over at first base, uh, Gold Glove winner, and like I said, you know I think team success has has some something to do with it. Obviously not as much in as in uh, like ML or excuse me in the NBA and the NFL, but 
Um, I think the t the race is a lot tighter in the M in the uh, AL for the MVP. You know, there's a lot more star power there. Um, but for me in the NL, I'll go Freddie Freeman. And then as far as Cy Young, you know, me and Nick were talking earlier. It's kind of tough. You know, Jacob Degrom is actually on like a historic streak right now. Um, he's got eight straight starts with one or earned run or fewer runs. Um, and that's the third longest in MLB history. I mean, right now his ERA is a 149. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with the guy that I also picked earlier, uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, you know, a 192 ERA. He's 9-1 with a .85 whip, 120 strikeouts um, to only 19 walks. I mean, he's been, in my opinion, the best pitcher in baseball for the last three years, uh, especially being able to stay healthy in the same league that Clayton Kershaw has not been able to do. Um, my MVP, I know on the last show I said Javier Baez because he's the most electric player in baseball. Um, I'm going to change that because I, he's still putting up, you know, his on-base percentage is up. Um, his slugging is obviously high. He leads the league in RBI still. His average, though, is down to 270. I know last show he was 284. Um, so I'm going to change it to Nolan Arenado. Um, he's hitting 320. His on-base is right beneath Freddie Freeman. He, I believe, leads the league in slugging. Um, I mean, he's Maybe just a guy. NL, yeah. yeah, so he leads the NL in slugging. And he's just a guy that every year he puts up great numbers. It's and, tough, though. Do you think he, that has anything to do with Coors, Coors Field? In a sense, but I think, I mean, even if he's playing on the road, he still puts up pretty yeah, good Yeah, I mean, numbers. he's a great baseball player. I mean, but anybody's, any of a hitter of that caliber that's playing in Colorado 82 or 81 games a year, you're going to have your numbers inflated a little bit. Yeah, sure. But I, I would say my MVP is Nolan. Um, as far as that and I'll say young. Um, to be honest, I don't even remember who I said. I'm sure it was Scherzer. I think it was Degrom. Oh, earlier you're saying? Yeah, probably I th Scherzer. I think yeah. it was Scherzer. Scherzer's putting oh, up great you numbers. Say, you didn't say Scherzer. Me and David said Scherzer. I can't remember who. I, I know his AL. I, I think remember. he said like Sean Manea. <laughs> no, I said that was one of mine, but I ended up going with Garrett Cole. Anyways, not the point. Point is, my NL Cy Young is Degrom. Um, this guy is just having a great run right now and i mean his era like you said 149 is his whips at one 101 um but he's i mean to do it in new york when he doesn't have in my opinion a very good offense to win games i mean scherzer's also the best pitcher in baseball right well, now. okay but, you know how i mentioned that eight game streak that he had with yeah. one or earn or one earned run or fewer mm -hmm. his team is two and six in those games to, to prove your point about how bad that offense is. Yeah, so, I mean, DeGrom's just, he, he's an ace. He's been the best pitcher, you know. Early on, we all thought it was Harvey when he was healthy. And then, you know, we all thought it was Syndergaard. And DeGrom's always kind of been overlooked. Yeah. But he's, you know, the most consistent out of those, well, De, or not DeGrom, Harvey's and Cincy. But um, I, I to my point, NLC Young, Jacob DeGrom. Ty, who you got? Yeah, so, I, uh, David, I agree with you um, with Freddie Freeman. But I do want to give some love. Um, and a name that you may not be uh, uh, remember in terms of kind of where he's been over the last few years, but look at the year Matt Kemp is having for the Dodgers. Yeah, he is having right? a great year. Three forty four. His, his OPS is nine fifty. I mean, slugging. I mean, his slugging's over five seventy. I mean, just the point is, I mean, thirty three RBIs. I mean, he's he's second in the league in, in batting average at three forty four. I mean, 
San Diego, got, Atlanta, Atlanta, yeah, and now he's, he's back to the, the Dodgers. He's, been, he's, having a, he's having a great year. Yeah, Ty, I was actually looking at that. He's leading the Dodgers in every single offensive, like literally yeah. every single offensive category. Unbelievable. What a, what a good year. But I agree, Freddie Freeman, uh, I think uh, my NL MVP pitching, I agree with you, David. Max Scherzer, best pitcher in baseball. We talked about this. I think he is better than Clay Kershaw. He's staying healthy. He's pitching well. I mean, he's nine and one with a one point nine two ERA, dude. The guy's just filthy. He's yeah. filthy. He is. Now let's let's talk about some of the teams. Um, you know, there's there's been some surprises. You know, the Astros are not in first place in their division. It's the Seattle Mariners, thirty seven and twenty two. Um, the Atlanta Braves, first in their division, thirty five and twenty four. And then the Brewers, first in the NL Central and the best record in the NL at uh, thirty seven and twenty three. Of those three teams, which is the most surprising, and which team makes the playoffs? Tom. I would say I would say the most surprising is Seattle. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's got to be. I mean, the Brewers we knew were going to be pretty good. Oh well, shit! You got Atlanta too. That's that's pretty surprising too. Um, I'm going to say Seattle just because of Houston. Obviously, the defending champs, and they started off hot, and they're kind of faded out a little bit, but. It's got to be between Atlanta and Seattle, I would assume, guys, right? Yeah. Well, which of these three teams makes the playoffs? Which of these three teams make the playoffs? Yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I think the Brewers. I think the Brewers win the division. Really? Yeah. I think they... Now, the only thing that sucks is that they do not play well against the Cubs. They Look, the Cubs else. are playing some good they, baseball. They are. And the White Sox have helped them out. Obviously, taking two out of three from the Brew Crew. Yeah. But, I, I, I don't know. I just think it's the Brewers here, man. They got some good pieces, and they've added some pieces off the you know during the offseason. But I think they make a big splash at the trade deadline. Um, and I think Nick talked about that, I think, the first time he was on, about a move that they can make or, or possibly another team like the Nationals. Or I just think they I think this is their year. But what do you guys think? Look, I mean, as far as most surprising, it's got to be Seattle. Um, just like you said, you know, Houston's in that division, and Houston's having a great year. Um, you know, Houston sitting 13 games above 500 with the best run differential in the MLB. Um, so yeah, Seattle. Um, I, I think they have like 18 one 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 run wins already this season, which is incredible. And as far as what team makes the playoffs, I agree. I think it's the Brewers. I don't think they win the division. Um, the Cubs actually have the second best run differential in all of the major leagues um, at plus 93. Uh, they're playing good baseball, man. John Lester has been very, very good this year. Um, if you Darvish, I mean, I love baseball, dude. It's amazing. Yeah, like, the yeah. Cubs have the second best run differential, and they're in second place. They're two games back, and it's unbelievable, man. Baseball is great. It's just, baseball is it. great, and I mean, looking at even at the NL West, like you, you know, Seattle's in first in that division. I mean, Oakland is in fourth place, and they're two games above five hundred. You know, the Angels are four games above five hundred. There's a lot of very good teams, and there's a lot of very bad teams. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier, Ty. There's not very many, you know, mediocre teams. It's kind of you're in or you're out. Um, and yeah, but baseball's exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of close pennant races when it comes down to, uh, you know, September. You know, whether it's Boston and New York in the in the AL East. Um, if we'll see if the Mariners can hang around with the with the Astros, um, and then in the National League East, you know, the Braves, Nationals, and Phillies are all competing. And then the Central, of course, Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals. And the West and the NL is a toss-up, man. Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants, Dodgers, who the hell knows what could happen with those teams. So I agree. Baseball is very exciting. Nick, what do you think? I don't think there's a clear-cut favor. Sorry, Nick, before you go. No, you're good. I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite of uh, who's the best. 
team in, in baseball. I mean, there's so many up and down things. I don't think there's a dominant team this year, so at least this this so far in the year. Yep, I agree. I agree too. Now, my most surprising, in my opinion, is the Braves. Um, you know, if you were to told me at the beginning of the year the Braves would be over five or this far over 500 and competing for the NL East, I would have said you're you're wild, or I would have been like Tyler, come on, let's 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 be realistic here. Um, but I, I'm more surprised about the Braves than anything. I thought, you know, it would take them, you know, a couple of years to develop Acuna and Albies and, you know, Swanson. But, you know, they're, they're doing it. Out of the three teams to make the playoffs, or to, be, or to go on the Brewers and Mariners, I'm not as surprised. And Even the Mariners? Even the Mariners. Even I'm with Robinson Cano? Uh, even out with Robbie? Well, well. Even with Robbie, I'm saying with Robbie, I wasn't surprised. I always knew the Mariners. But they've been on this run without him. Well, right. But I am always thought that the Mariners had the talent to win that division. They've always choked it away. They never had the healthy pitching. They've never had a guy um, like James Paxson yeah. who's you know pitching at a high caliber, who's the true number one they've ace had in that King rotation. Felix. But right, but they always seem to have choked in. Felix's sure, sure. progression and your digression has been great yeah no for sure um so i'm not too surprised in the brewers i mean they played well last year out of the three teams though that will make the playoffs i I think it'll be the mariners to be honest with you really yeah you know they they sneak in a wild card or yeah no 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 no. sneak in the wild card i think the astros and we'll get to this in a little bit i think the astros are gonna go back and go back to the world series but i think they sneak into a wild card i think the cubs win the nl central and I think the Nationals will win the East. But you don't think the Brewers nor the Braves make a wild card? I don't think they make a wild card because you have, you have Philly, you have all the NL West. I think it'll be close. Wow. I just don't think they make the playoffs. I okay. think it's tough for them. I I just I don't see I don't see it. Now let me ask you guys: What team sitting right at or below five hundred makes the playoffs? If they're if you had to pick a team. Uh, I personally, I mean, I think we're all gonna. I feel like we're all gonna pick an AL Central team, um, but I'm not. I, I'm surprised, honestly. Um, I think it's between the Tigers and the Twins. I think I'm gonna say the Tigers just because they have a better offense um, and they have a lot of life left. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is still a great hitter. Um, Castellanos, I think, is one of the most underrated players. Yeah, he's in the having league. a great year. Having a great year. Um, I think it's the Tigers. I think they're going on a run right now. They played well against the Yankees. I mean, they lost by three runs, but they made it exciting at the end. They also faced Severino today, which was tough. But I think ultimately the Tigers. Make now, our, uh, for me, it's you know, and I don't want to say it's an easy choice. You know, there's no, there's no easy you choice when you're sitting below 500. Easy choice, Dave, you know what it is. Yeah, the only team that has a plus run differential that's sitting below 500 is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yep. And, and that's exactly. my choice. I mean, yep. they have been derailed by injuries, and yet here they are, two and a half games out of first place. Um, you know, that division's been kind of a mess. The Diamondbacks were the best team in baseball for a little while and then just kind of fell apart after Pollock got injured. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Dodgers, and Ty, I'm just going to assume that's also your pick. Yeah, that's my pick. The only thing I want, yeah, the only thing I want to add is that that division, that LS is going to be a dogfight. I mean, you said that when you opened up this topic, uh, but yeah, it's it's a clear cut choice, easy choice. It's the Dodgers. I mean, they're two and a half games back, like you mentioned, and it's going to be a dogfight through the whole season. Yeah. Now, Ty, when we first did our first show ever, where we talked about the MLB before the season started, you had the Cubs over the Indians. 
and I had the Cubs over the Yankees. Now let's revisit this. Nick, I'll let you start out. Who's your World Series matchup and who's winning? Like I said, I think the Astros go back to the World Series. Um, They added Garrett Cole, who's pitching like the ace he started pitching at. Um, McCullers is still pitching pretty well. Verlander's, you know, our Cy Young. Um, I think the NL, I want to say the Cubs just because, but... You know, I'm going to say the Cubs. I can't think of a team that the Cubs in that division can't beat. They've been there before. You know, the Brewers are playing good baseball right now, but the Cubs are also playing very great baseball. Um, I'd like to see the Cubs-Astros. I think the Cubs... I think they make it a seven-game series, and I think the Cubs win in seven. Okay. Ty? So, I'm still sticking with the Cubs, and here's, here's why. I said the Brewers are going to win the division, so that means the Cubs are going to be a wild card. David, we talked about it. How many times have we seen a wild card team win their initial game and then just blow through the playoffs? I think that's what the Cubs do. Um, I'm changing my AL pick. I'm going in the East. I'm going Boston. I think they have the best pitching staff. They have the, they have the MVP in the, in the league with Mookie Betts, or in the AL, excuse me, Mookie Betts. I think it's Cubs. Red Sox, what a, what a series that would be with the history that's going on with those two teams. Yeah, I think that's that's what's going on. I think, and again, I hate to say it, I think the Cubs win. I just think by the time they're going playoffs, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez is still killing it. Contreras, they're just they're they're hitting at all cylinders. Their pitching staff goes, and I hope their bullpen can can hold up um, and make a deep run into the playoffs. Yeah. Now for me, the only thing that changes is I picked the Cubs over the Yankees in seven, and I said the Cubs win it in Chicago. Now, the only thing that changes is the the Cubs win in seven in New York. Uh, New York, I think, is going to finish with the better record. Um, But I'll take the Cubs over over the Yankees in seven still. So that's that's what I'll stick with. Let's move on to your Vegas Golden Knights. uh, Down 5-2 right now in game four. Um, late in the third, you know, they're about to be down 3-1 in the series. Any chance they can come back? Is this kind of the end of the miracle run for them? Uh, I want to say they can come back, but I, I'm starting to feel like it's the uh, it's the end, man. I just think, uh, you know, Flurry's just looking a little gas. Uh, Washington just, David, like, we talked about it, man. They got over their hump, right? They got over Pittsburgh Penguins, and now it's just like they're playing free. They look fast. Ovechkin's playing his heart out. Obviously, I hope he's playing very well. I mean, he's outplaying Mark Andre Fleury, who we've talked about, who's the MVP of the playoffs um, up to this point. Um, I, I think it's over. I, I think I think the Golden Knights will win Game Five. It will go back to uh, to Washington Game Six, and you know Washington will pull it off on their home ice. Yeah, I I agree. As far as the series is over, you know, and it, this is this was my next question, and I kind of want to ask this before I even say what's going to happen. Are you surprised that, you know, Braden Holpe's been out playing Marc-Andre Fleury to this level, the extent that he's been doing it? Absolutely. I, like I said, uh, the reason why the Golden Knights, or the main reason why they're there is because of Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been just dominant, uh, just has been amazing, right? And he's been outplayed in the, in the Stanley Cup in the, in the biggest series, the biggest games, and he's just, he just hasn't been playing well. Um, it's got to be tough, though, man. It's got to be tough to... to to be consistent throughout the whole playoffs. There's just been a lot of stories and a lot of headlines and everything that's gone on like we talked about. But, yeah, I'm shocked that he's not been playing up to par as, as he's been all, you know, all playoff long. 
Yeah, Nick, what about for you? Is it just kind of more of a story of Mark Andre Fleury's struggle, Braden Holpe's success, or kind of the offensive firepower that's finally, you know, emerged for the Capitals? I think it's the offensive firepower. Um, I mean, they scored what five, six? They lost the first game five to six or six to five, right? Six to four. There six was an empty netter. Yeah. Gotcha. So six to. I mean, four goals tonight. They're scoring five. I mean, there. It's, it's the offense. I mean, I think that's the biggest story. Um, I think I too also think the series is over. Um, I I'll agree with you. I think they win it. Or I'll agree with you, Ty. And I think they go back and win it in Washington. And you know, Washington kind of goes berserk, but. You know they they got over the hump and to drill on your guys's points I I thought it was gonna be a sweep um, now I didn't see game one I heard there was a lot of you know they got lucky they got or Vegas got lucky with some of the bounces they got like Look, I said I didn't uh, see it but I saw game one and Vegas was not losing that with the introduction that they had tied it you I mean we talked about it but for those that didn't see like the pregame game one I don't think you will ever see a hockey I mean it was so Vegas. I mean, they had they had a buffer out there announcing, you know, the the lights, the show. It was literally a Vegas show. There was no they way they the, could lose. Did like, they have a, a sword fight in the middle of the ice, or did they do that every game? I have no idea, but it, I mean, I to be honest, I guess I haven't seen many like Vegas games during the regular season with them being on the West Coast. But yeah, I mean, it was just a show. I mean, the pregame literally took like twenty five minutes. It was it was crazy. So they they literally couldn't lose that game. But how many times have we seen it? You know, a team wins game one and then they lose the next four. I mean, you know, Vegas did it and um, Washington also did it. We saw Tampa do it, the you know, the round before they got eliminated. It just kind of, you know, it takes it takes a game sometimes to get adjusted to your opponent. And it's a long, you know, seven games is a long time to play somebody. You know, you, you figure out teams fairly quickly. And the quicker you can make adjustments... And quite frankly, the more talent you have, it shows. And that's kind of what's showing here with Vegas, in my opinion. Yeah, just, I completely know. agree. Me too. Um, let's move on to a little chat back. And uh, we got a good one. Shat so what back. we're going to do, and this is our first ever chat back with a guest. So chat back with, uh, with Nick here. Sports record that will never be broken. Let me just get started to awe the fans away before you guys even have a chance. And... I'm just going to go with Wayne Gretzky, and you can name any record in hockey that you want. I'm going to just give you a bunch of stats, and none of these records that he has will be broken. Okay, so career points. Points, for those who don't know, a goal or an assist. That's a point. In his career, he has 2,857 points. The second most all-time, uh, Jager, 1,921. Wayne Gretzky has more assists then Jerome Yager has points. Did did everyone hear that? You guys heard that, correct? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't even matter. Keep going, though. Yeah, okay, I agree. that, that doesn't matter? Okay, 200... When I, when my, when my, when I pick mine, it's, it's a done deal. Look, everyone knows it. Nah, look, Wayne Gretzky had 92 goals in one season. Wayne Gretzky had 215 points in one season. Wayne Gretzky had 163 assists in one season Wayne Gretzky it took him 39 games to reach 50 50 goals quickest game quickest ever the longest streak with at least one point Wayne Gretzky 51 games in a row with a point that's ridiculous he had 12 consecutive 40 goal seasons 
He had 15 100-point seasons. He had 13 consecutive 100-point seasons. He had three. He had 50 career games with with a hat trick or more, three or more goals. Uh, what else can I can I throw at you? It took him 575 games to get 500 goals. It took him 424 games to reach 1,000 points. I don't know if I need to keep going because whatever you guys say doesn't matter, but go ahead, Tyler. Okay. There's only one record that will never, ever, ever, ever be broken. And the only thing that will never be broken is Cal Ripken's longest streak of consecutive games of 2,000. I'm just going to start over. Consecutive game streak of 2,000. 632 games. He did not miss a single game over a span of what, like 15 to 16 years. Yeah, it's insane. Incredible. It's insane. Now, I understand here your argument. Oh, he played baseball. Okay. Well, we talked about on the show how how tough baseball is. But let me let me give you some stats, David and, and Nick. Go ahead. He's not only he not only played 2,632 games in a row, passing Lou Gehrig, who, who was at 2,100. He was a 3,000, over 3,000 hits in his career, which is, if you do that, you're an automatic Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. Over 400 home runs, 16 runs batted in. I mean, an MVP, a 19-time All-Star. It's not like he was an average to a below-average player. The guy is a a Hall of Famer, and and to be be honest with you, he was the fourth highest voting percentage in the Hall of Fame in his first year, 98.5%. Unbelievable. yeah. Not only did he dominate the game, he played in every single game for about 16 years straight. Now, just think about that. Pick any player. Now, again, I get the difference of sports, right? I understand that, but we, they, you guys all play baseball on the show. I play baseball. People it's don't even play 162 easy. games in a season anymore. Yes. Yeah, it's I get unbelievable. it. I get it. Unbelievable. That will never, ever be touched again, in my opinion. It's just unbelievable. And the fact that he was a not only a good baseball player, he's one of the all-time greats in baseball. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Nick, what do you got for us? So, my record, and here's here's where I win this, my first ever shot back. Um, my record, the record that will never, ever be broken, is the career wins, um, the career wins record, and that's held by Cy Young. In the MLB, by the way. In the MLB, yes. Career wins record in the MLB, and that's Cy Young's 500. Hold on, let me let me say that one more time. 511 wins. What's second most? Second most is 417, and that's Walter Johnson. Now, the active leader is Bartolo Colon, who is 45 years old and has 242 wins. The next active leader is 239, and that's CC Sabathia. Um, now, 511 wins is insane. Yeah. Now, I, I, I can't even... That's, I, that's not fair, man. They've been, they were pitching out two days rest. Yeah, now let me say, more. let me maybe we should have rephrased this because none of these records that we just mentioned will ever be broken. Maybe we should have said, like, most impressive. And in, and if that's the case, how can it not be Wayne Gretzky? Because he owns, like, every single NHL record. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now I'm going to get to my point because I got cut off. Yeah, go ahead, man. This yeah. is this is mine and Tyler's show, but go ahead, man. No, that's... that's you know, it was, <laughs> my, it, was, it was my turn and I got cut off. Now... 511 wins, and yeah, they were pitching on two days rest, and that's a testament to him too. Now, yeah, but these guys were bums back then; they couldn't oh, hit. Here we go. The side, he, they named the best pitcher of the year award after this guy. 
They should, name, they should, they should right. name hockey. Okay, so oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, so who's so the best pitcher of our time? Even you could argue Greg Maddox. You can argue Clemens. They had 355 and 354 wins. 500 is so 511 is so impressive, especially now where how many starts though? Keeping the other guys. Can you look that up for me? Yeah. Now keeping. Um, I don't even know how many. If they okay, here we go. So he also holds the record for game started in eight fifteen, and that's Cy Young. Now he, hold on, I'm just you know what I'm just gonna keep you. You can make a point, and then I'll I'll find these stats really quick for you. Seven forty. So seven. So Maddox, Greg Maddox started seven hundred and forty games. So he started seventy less games than and has like Cy Young, less and has one hundred and fifty less wins. Clemens seven oh seven. So seven hundred starts. So a hundred. Less none stars. Of these, none of these stats matter because what you guys are talking about of oh most wins and 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 this most points. You're acting like Cal Ripken Jr. wasn't a stud baseball player, one of the all time. No, 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 no. I'm not we're, disagreeing we're, with you. Yeah, you. But here's the difference if you between play for 15 to 16 years straight. Do you know how fucking nuts that is? Ty, I I would have done it if I I think I would have done it right now, but I keep getting suspended from like the intramural on the men's league that I keep playing. <laughs> None of these records that we just mentioned will be broken. The Ever. point of it kind of comes down to is which is the most impressive. Now, I think Nick's is out of the question. I think Nick's is out of the question. 511 wins. 500, listen, Nick. When's the last 300 game 511 winner? wins, and this is coming from the era where you could throw 100 pitches oh, and go pitch go. two days later because these guys were absolutely bums up there. What do you mean? Yes. That's so. That's even you're more Nick, impressive. Nick, you're, you're, it's, you're out of it. It's that's, even... It's no, the even hitters were bums. Oh, like, Cy Young was a dominant force because he was one of the few go. players that could play. Now, when we yes. talk about Cal Ripken Jr., look, great one of the greatest shortstops to ever play the game, third baseman, whatever, you know, he played both. Um, the, that record will never be broken, but the difference between my guy and your guy, Ty and Wayne Gretzky is that he's the best hockey player clear and cut ever. No doubt. Every other sport you can argue who's the best player. No doubt. Wayne Gretzky is the best player but, in hockey. You can't argue. Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken was the only player to play that many games consistently and be that dominant, right? Like you can't argue, you can't argue any other baseball player. But at the same time, at the same time, time, when you look at that, like for a hockey player to or NBA player to play that many consecutive games, they'd have to play like thirty-five seasons. You know, that's just not re- that's not realistic. So in the MLB, Listen, look, I get it, Ty. It's, but even if you equivalent, like even if you cut, even if you said an NBA player or or a hockey player played cut it in half, five maybe straight years or eight straight years, like I would be like, damn, that's pretty impressive. I'll look but that up for next show. I looked it up yeah, for next show. I would be curious to see what the longest active streak. And, and the NFL, what was it? Brett Favre? What was his longest active streak? Well, wasn't it? Didn't Eli just have that record like taken oh, away? Did Eli, oh, you're right. Eli was. You're right. Eli he was, was about what, to, too. And what was his, what was his streak? It was two, 200 and something. Eli was close, and then they bench, he benched him. Yeah. But again, but look, but again, so that let's say Eli, right? And that's impressive. 200 plus games in a row for football. Very impressive. Not a question. But look at the difference of talent of a Cal Ripken Jr. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. Hall of Famer, of course. Yeah. It's just amazing. Like, 
all these all these streaks are impressive. Now I will say another one I thought of, which I think will be broken eventually, and we've been close. If you're gonna say Will Chamberlain, it's never gonna yes, be broken. I think it will. No, dude, we've been close. Kobe was in what 82? 81. 81. Like Devin he chucked a couple more threes. I mean, who knows? I think it could happen. Yeah, I don't think so, Ty. That's the thing, too, with Will, is he was playing back then when, like, the the big men were 6'6 and and whiter than me. Now, (laughs) yeah, I agree. I think think Will Chamberlain's the only, like, impressed record to get broken just because of how how little defense is played during the regular season. No, it will never be broken. It will never be broken. Because that means the team has to score, like, 160 points. That's been done. Well, it would have to be done. like it would have to be like double, triple, quadruple yeah, overtime. Yeah, it would have to go to double, triple overtime for it to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. But look, just like the Cy only Young's thing that we know is ever. that Nick did not win this chat back. You guys didn't even yeah, let me Nick, talk. Nick, there was Nick, no need. It's unbelievable. Nick, yeah, Nick, there was no need. Let me know. No Hold on. So Hall of Fame, most Hall of Fame pitchers like three thousand strikeouts. You know, hitters, uh, three thousand hits, five hundred home run club, the three hundred win club. There's nobody there. Might not ever even be another 300 win p- pitcher. That's ever. not true. There will. There be. might. I'm saying there might not hey, be. When you have your show, you can you can think oh, you're winning. Oh my you know, god! Five hundred eleven wins. There's no way. There's your argument, and when you're arguing of Trey Young and Steph Curry, you've already lost me in, in one of the first segments. I mean, I was you're way out of left field on this. Oh list. my god! Here we go with you. No, five hundred eleven wins, Cy Young, because. You can't even look how hard it is to even win twenty games as a pitcher now. Everybody's got a pitch count. Everybody's you know they're watching, they're resting more. Their arms are you know they're not they're not the pitching as much. The game's different. Five hundred eleven yeah, wins. I'm saying, like in my argument, the game, the games are still nine innings long. There's no that's a game, right? What you're talking about, Nick, is these guys are pitching every day or every other day, and it's not it's not a it's not a fair or it's not the same type of game. But in my case, and even in David's case, is I'm pitching against it, you're an idiot, Nick, you don't know what you're talking about, is that <laughs> NHL is still the same. No that's, the game. no, that's not true what at all. Mean? That's what not true. Talk- it's not the same game? NHL is not the same game. Look I at the pet. Pa- okay, David, first of all. David would, you argue, David, would you argue that NHL back in the day was even more aggressive than it is now? That's, not, that's not the point I'm trying to make, Tyler. And I, what do and, you mean? And I'm going to, hold on, I'm going to get to my point. I'm going to sidebar and say none of these records will ever be broken and they're all very impressive that's all that's that's a sidebar comment the yeah, nhl is different no, tell me now i'm back in the conversation wayne gretzky is the yes is the greatest hockey player of all time he is the great one for a reason his stats are very very impressive and nobody will ever touch them however the game the nhl game has changed and if you look look at the goaltending back in the day Tell me who is a Hall of Famer from those times in the in the net. Look at also okay, the, look at hold on, like hold on. With, with guys that didn't wear masks. Like, but come on, dude. no, my point is is look at the pads too. They had to make pad regulations different over the last like 20, 30 years. Look at that. Look at those stats. Now that's very Gretzky is very impressive. I'm not dis like I'm not even making that my point. My point is, is the game has changed. You said the game has not changed. Baseball Look, has changed. All of I these would agree games baseball have changed. hasn't changed as much. No, all of these games have changed. Like, there's no doubt about it, but there's not enough change. Like, the, you're talking about a guy that played, what, in the 30s? You know what, man? 511 wins. <laughs> 511 wins. All right, look, let me just ask you guys one more question that we didn't cover in hockey before we go on. And I don't want any explanation. Tyler, Crosby or Ovechkin? Um, Ovechkin. 
Nick Ovechkin. Crosby. All right, guys. That's it. We're going to wrap the show up. This was Double Overtime presented by Shaft Sports. Guys, do not forget, give us a follow on Twitter at the double underscore OT. Also, Apple Podcast, search Double Overtime. Give us a subscription. Also on our Facebook page, uh, Shaft Sports. Go ahead and give us a like. There will be some more information there about our show as well as Nick's show, 3 and Deep, Nick. Yeah, so 3 and Deep, Next, look for that in the next, uh, hopefully in the next 10, 20 days. Um, you know, we'll talk about baseball, basketball. You'll either love me or hate me. My points. Probably hate him. You know, I hope Tyler. Do- per- per- sure. Personally, I hope Tyler doesn't listen to my show because I'm just gonna dog <laughs> him on every every podcast. But you know, I'll be. You know, just look for that in the next couple of weeks. I got my buddy Ryan Milan, hopefully co-hosting with me, and you know, we'll you know we'll have some great debates, great people on the show. You know, we're gonna. We're going to blow the roof for Shaft Sports. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this was Double Overtime presented by Shaft Sports with your co-hosts, David, Tyler, and uh, our guest, Nick, on tonight. So thank you, guys. Have a great night.